Mid-Pacific Institute is an independent college preparatory school in Honolulu, Hawaii. Forty or so staff, including the school's principal, Thomas McManus, and 31 students, travelled to Aotearoa and got to experience first-hand manakitanga, or hospitality, marae kawa and tikanga, and a sneak peek into te ao Māori, or the Māori world. The students exchanged their stories, language and hula with kurakaupapa children, an audience at their papa and their hosts. For these students it was, well, a bit overwhelming, as you'll hear soon. But first, I spoke with renowned hula teacher Michael Lanakila Kasupeng. Aloha velina ya oko pakahia pau, my kala hiki i kumukahia hiki of kala velona i lehua. Aloha, my name is Lanakila Kasupang from Oahu in the Valley of Manoa. With, I'm here with my high school students from Mid-Pacific Institute from 15 to 18 years old. And we are actually cleaning up the marae, uh, this place that has embraced us, Marairoa Marae. And we are heading to Auckland and then a eight-hour layover before we go home to Honolulu after a wonderful, enriching, fulfilling just an incredible time here in Aotearoa. What brought you here? Hula brought us here. Um, these students study hula as part of their class. And, you know, to come and share the culture and also to learn about the Māori culture and expose my high school students to another culture, to experience it firsthand instead of reading it in the book or seeing it on the Internet. It's so much more meaningful when they're able to, to feel all of that um, energies and, and sense it for themselves. We stayed at Te Wananga. Did I say that yep, right? Te Wananga. Yeah, yep. in, in Auckland, and greeted there by Hohepa and his staff, and was we had you know, a small pofiri, but it was late at night and we learned that you don't do pofiri at night, so it was more of a welcome, yes. you know, not a formal pofiri. Yes, fakatau. Yes, so we got that experience and we stayed in a, in one of their, I guess it was called noho, you know, the, yep. the sleeping. And so we stayed there overnight and then went the next day, which was Friday, to Te Kurakau Papa o Te Kurakau Papa Māori. Oh, Mangere? Oh, yes. Is yes. that, that, Mangere, that right? Mangere? Yes. Okay. Oh, that was incredible. Um, to see students from like three, four years old speaking Maori or learning Maori all the way up to high school, uh, it was pretty incredible. I'm going to introduce you to one of my students. This is Aaron Hobson. He's a senior, which means he'll be graduated in May. And tell us a little bit about your um, what you thought about the Maori Immersion School. Yeah, the, the Maori Immersion School is really enriching because I think a lot of times in Hawaii you see the Hawaiian culture being like erased. Uh, and here in New Zealand, it was re just refreshing to see an entire school speak the Maori language. And in Hawaii, even at Kamehameha, they don't speak. Um, only Hawaiian. Uh, we have some Hawaiian immersion schools that do. Um, 
you know, just like in Maori culture, there was a time period when, when the language was not allowed to be spoken. And so in Hawaii, there's a resurgence. I think they don't see it as much because maybe where, where these students, um, you know, live and work and that it's not, it's just in, in certain locations, and we have Maori, we have Hawaiian immersion schools. Of course, our preschool of Punanaleo was um, f uh, modeled after Torang Korangareo. Oh, yes, Kohangareo. Kohangareo. Yeah. And so, you know, we look to Maori for for that model. And, you know, there, there are many people speak in the universities, but um, most of these students aren't exposed so much to it. So it was really cool for them to see. What was the – did you see the little – the boys and and yeah. what doing the haka and just getting up and singing in class. Yeah, there's um this one class we went to where the boys were just singing in class and then all of a sudden they did a haka and they're all so into it and it was super cool to watch. They're just um, getting super rowdy and um, intense, super yeah. loud. They're intense. Yeah, and it was. Um, it was really interesting because at that age you don't see a lot of kids yeah, dance or Hawaii, do anything. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, in Hawaii you don't see kids do stuff with that intensity. Mm. And they're kind of like shamed to do something like that. But um, there they were just all super into it. The girls were, the girls were kind of giggling, but the guys were all <laughs> super into it. And then we watched another haka after that. Um, but the whole school, yeah. When the whole school, and that was really intense too, and it was super fun to watch. Thank that you. was Aaron. Thank Thanks, Aaron. Very inspirational for my students to see that kind of passion and expression come out, because that's something we work on. You know, there's always something to work on when they when they're dancing, and and I don't think like hula is not as um, expressive and as strong, you know, when it comes to the women, but still they have to emote whatever the dance, whatever the story is telling, yeah. And so to be able to, to see <clears throat> how the Maori express and, and, and really go for it, you know, and put their whole heart and soul into it. That's what I want to, you know, that's another reason I bring my students is for them to, to become inspired and to, be, um, to see what is possible with the youth, you know, and in and, and their own way, whatever they can take from it. Is, is just going to be help them, you know, later in, in their dancing or just in their life. I asked Lanakila about the state of their language and the ongoing plight of its resurgence. I asked him how this affects his work as a teacher and his students. You know, I, I think I kind of like live in a bubble <laughs> where, you know, I, I'm not affected or don't let it affect me as far as I don't think there's really a problem with hula and it being um, looked down upon because it's it's just, it's, yeah, that's not something that I think we're challenged with, you know, that they tell us where and when we can dance. And, and there's always legislation that, you know, may limit the gathering rights of, you know, at certain forests and because they're on private land. So there's always been struggles with with um, that kind of legislation and, um, you know, and, and groups trying to, to fight for their rights, mm -hmm. you know. But as far as for us, as far as hula, that's not it, – it does affect us when we need to go get uh, ferns and flowers and stuff for, for lays to adorn us for our dance. But generally, it's, it's, it's on a nice positive note. Yeah. You know, after we um, – we weren't only in Auckland for one day, and so that's where we went to the Maori Immersion School and then went to go visit and give ho'okupu 
um, to the Hokulea and Hikianalia, which were at um, Auckland Maritime Museum. Oh, you're talking about the waka? Yeah, oh, the, yeah, our waka. And so that was really good for us to have connection with the Hawaiians, the locals that were here, and for them to explain why they do this voyaging and why it's important. <laughs> So, Lanakila, obviously, you know, we are Pacific. We are Pacific relations, um, Māori and Hawaiian. I want to go through some terms that maybe people get wrong in the media, in movies. Um, Maybe um, some of the language similarities that were really obvious in last night, uh, yesterday's performance. Um, We went to um, Wilford Primary School, and there were like 5 to 11-year-olds. And, you know, we were trying to make connections with them of certain words and I saw it, I would ask them what is the what is the Maori word for bird and you know they all raise their hand really enthusiastic and then uh, you know they go Manu I said well what do you think the, the Hawaiian word for bird is in Hawaiian I said it's the same thing Manu and we go through all these different words and they're like wow and then going through body parts like um, ihu in Hawaiian and so what is what is ihu in Maori nose okay um, Vaha Oh, waha for waha, mouth. Vaha and waha. Karu for eye. Okay. And then I asked them. So I took them to, through ihu and vaha. And then I went to the eyes and they, they thought maybe it would be the same word. I said, oh, no, it's not. <laughs> it's a little bit different. But, you know, there are many words like vaa and waka. Vaa you know? and, yeah. and waka. So Hawaiian vaa is the canoe. And for you folks, waka. Waka. And I've noticed that if you take the K and we change it to what we call an okina, which is a glottal stop, it's the same word. W A K A. Yes. And we changed your K to an Okina. W A Okina A. And it's it's the same word. Even for Kwe. Kwe means you. you. For ours, you change that K to an Okina and it's Oi. It has a different pronunciation but spelled the same. So Koto, all? Yes. Oko, Mako, Kako, or maybe Kato, Mato. And I want to, this is our, I, I mentioned our principal uh, join us on our trip. And he just want us, you know. I'm just here from Radio New Zealand. <laughs> yeah, national is, Radio. Nice, is, nice to meet this you. This is Tom, our high school principal. Hi. Hi. Beautiful bunch of kids. I was looking at them last night, yesterday going, how stunning. Look, <laughs> just beautiful. How's the trip been for you as it's, the principal? It's been amazing. Um, <clears throat> I had an opportunity to correspond with my fellow principals. There's three of us work together at the school. So we have students starting at age three all the way up through age 18. So I, um, the message I sent them was that seeing this work, seeing the teachers and the alumni work with the children just has completely recharged my batteries for, for working with, with kids um, because of what they can do. You know, they, they really they give a gift to the community. Um, they're beautiful. Their, their opportunity to, um, to really know something and experience something so different from themselves is is part of how they grow the Mali culture and what what you've seen how has it been for you from staying here at marae rua marae to the pōhiri to the welcomes to the haka and the waiata that you've experienced i i can't um i still can't believe that anyone would open a space like this for i I mean i in a positive way i can't believe it i'm overwhelmed by the generosity um 
because it's it's truly sacred space and um and sacred also in in a in the sense of family so when we get to sleep under these carvings and uh and be part of that story that's um that's a tremendous sense of of responsibility and and belonging and um to it's taught me something about uh hospitality about how how to bring people into your life so it's um it, it's it's been tremendous. I, I think, and I'm, I've been working on the pronunciation, but I, I don't think I have it right. The the welcoming ceremony is yep. pofiri. Pofiri, yep. I uh, I was incredibly emotional each time that we did it, and um, I feel I, I felt very proud to be able to stand beside Manakila as uh, one of the elders <laughs> representing representing um, our school but also uh, appreciating the way that we are representing the culture uh, in, in Hawaii. And um, it, just that exchange of, of song and story and um, like the, I don't know if you're familiar with the book, Three Cups of Tea oh, by no. Mortensen. He talks about in, in, the, um, in the Himalayas that you have to sit and have by the third cup of tea, you've become a, truly a friend. You know, the, the first is just polite and the second is a little deeper and the third. And I thought about that and the exchange of stories and songs and um, really listening. You have to, to spend that time listening. And even when you don't know the language, you understand the message that's being sent.